I'm going to for Babe to put away his iPad. Okay. Okay, I'll put it away. Okay. The thing is that I'm, I'm waiting for you guys to be ready so I can... And then I'm ready and I'm saying, Babe, we're ready, we're ready, okay. we're ready. Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, okay. Right. Three, two, one. This is how we feel. 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 Hello, and welcome to another episode of This Is How We Feel, a show where each week we take a piece of media and tell you how we feel. This week, I'm your host, Baby J, here with my one and only. Hi, I'm Louie. And we're joined by our very special guest, our Dizzle. I'm Justin Vinas. Hello, Justin. Today, we're telling you how we feel about Godzilla. Oh, my God. This movie was so fucking bad, dude. How do we feel about Gojira? Why'd you make me do that? Why'd you put me through that, dude? I'm definitely going through the movies that I loved as a kid. So it's very fun to see just how fucking bad they were. Like It was like, no. Space Jam was bearable to an extent. This was just... Altogether, just trash. I, 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 I wasn't even. Oh God, I have no words. I have no words. At least Space Jam was so out there and wacky that you had something to chew on. You know, maybe it was a little too tough. Maybe it was a little undercooked. But there was something in your mouth. Godzilla was like giving you one little morsel at a time for two hours. It was the appetizers before eating sushi. And I still don't <laughs> feel like I'm full. I still feel like I can go for another meal. Exactly. I could eat a whole horse yeah. after that movie. But before we start. Before we start, guys, The Bachelor is over. It's done. And with all the knowledge and wisdom that it has bestowed upon our friend Taylor, she is now ready and qualified to give you the tips, tricks, and shortcuts to make your life easier in our new segment, Taylor's Life Lessons. Mmm, Taylor's Life Lessons. Get ready. Taylor's Life Lessons. Okay. Taylor's Life Lessons. Yeah. The hash-slinging slasher. <laughs> the hash-slinging, smash-slinging, Taylor's <laughs> life lessons. Hey guys, so today I want to talk about the importance of saying yes. So lately everybody has been so down with all of the things happening around the world. And I think when this is all over, we should all focus on saying yes. So the next time your friends invite you out to go to the bar say yes. If your friends invite you to go to a concert, say yes. When your family invites you down to see them, say yes. We can't take anything with us when we go. So spend the money, buy the shoes, buy the car, say yes. All right. Thank you, Taylor. That was amazing. Something we can all sink our teeth into and apply to all of our lives. Thank you so much, Tay Tay. So today we're talking about Godzilla. Mm. Do we have to? Can we just not? Can we just pretend it didn't happen? Can you even call it a monster movie? I can call it, it a, a monster. I can call it a monster of a movie. It definitely is that. Girl. This bitch came out in 1998, two years after I was born. Um, it was something that was always around the house. Like, we always had the VHS or the DVD. Everyone loved Godzilla. And uh, little me didn't know that there were s- different iterations of Godzilla. Like, Godzilla was already a thing. Right. So this was the model that I grew up knowing and loving. This lizard-looking muscular peck having <laughs> gross lebron james looking lizard. lebron james looking yeah LeBron James. all right so let's just jump into it because there's a lot to cover this is a two-hour movie of, of nonsense 
So just some backstory. We know that it was directed by Roland Emmerich. Who's that? He also directed uh, Independence Day, The Day After the Tomorrow. Oh, wow. 10,000 BC, yeah. 2012. So he's got a theme going, obviously. He's made some really good disaster movies. Straight up disaster movie, man. And good White good House disaster Down. movies, too. I loved 2012. White House Down is good, too. Independence Day Resurgence, the second one. Wow, so he directed the first one and the second one? Yeah. I wow. haven't seen either of those. Those would be great movies to watch. Yeah. And the original Stargate. I never watched Stargate, but it sounds like something that is big. Well, I have a big question. What's up? If he made all these fantastic movies, what the fuck gave him the idea to churn out this hot piece of garbage? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't think it was considered garbage at the time, or at least, you know, prior to releasing it, I don't think it was considered to be garbage. Yeah, I'm it sure was. a lot of things prior to them being uh, influenced by the public are not considered garbage. It was definitely influenced by Jurassic Park. You just get the sense all over that they're trying to give you that same, like, scary that film. Familiar feeling. Yeah. We had that char- that car sequence with the thing right behind it. We have all these eggs hatching. We just got straight up dinos. We talked about a little bit in the commentary, the but this is one of those instances of of movies that take the good parts of other movies and just try and make it into um, a different movie, and it didn't. It just did not succeed. Like this was yeah. a great remake of a different movie. If this it was not Godzilla, I might have liked it. Movie. Yeah, if this was just a monster movie. This would be probably better. But because they slapped Godzilla, it has a lot to live up to. Exactly. There's a sure. connotation there, and like even like we said it throughout the entire movie. The the look of this thing. We'll definitely get into it more. But the look of this thing isn't reminiscent of any Godzilla movie before or after it. It was the only time it looked like this thing. I don't know. I just feel like they really tried to push it in a, in a direction that nobody wanted it to go except for maybe the director. Yeah, they tried to go for like the realistic lizard look. And I think it worked. Little little two-year-old me thought it worked. But watching it now, I can see that this is like, if I'm a fan of Godzilla, this is not what I signed up for. For sure. But honestly, when when this new when the godzilla in 2014 came out i mean at that point i had already known what godzilla the original godzilla looked like and whatever mm-hmm. but i i don't not that i was expecting it to look like that but just the fact that this is the this one godzilla that we grew up with is the one godzilla that is completely different from the rest of them it makes it seem like oh okay well fuck me right yeah, I want to say that too because this is the one that I grew up with as well. I want to say like everyone in our age group, this is like your yeah. Godzilla movie basically because like my parents loved it. My parents were huge Jurassic Park fans, so I want to say that's connected in somehow. But like my mom still references this movie and she was her her and my dad were both like original Godzilla fans. So it's not like they're like, "Well, this shit doesn't look like the old one." Like they loved it, you know? It was just yeah. a it was a new fun fresh take family on it. film, just a thing to watch with your kids, but if you're in it for the continuity of Godzilla, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah, I don't even want to say that I'm trying to play the devil's advocate by saying otherwise, but, I mean, that's what it feels like because the two of you are very reminiscent of this movie, and I feel yeah. like like it's been around my entire life. Like I said, I, ha- I had the DVD in my game room for years and years and years, and I watched it several times, I'm sure, but the only thing that I could remember from it on this watch through was the amount of rain in it. And it's, it it was, it stayed true. Like the amount of rain in it is still excessive. Like, I don't remember any (laughs) other part of the movie. I own the, the, the very beginning. I could have sworn there was a scene where Godzilla or a lizard was on an Island. Like it was still on the Island, 
Maybe that's a newer one. That was that the I'm beginning of the movie. I mean, in the beginning of the movie, they were showing the iguanas on the island. Right, but <laughs> so I like I have a vision of like them following a very specific iguana, like them running around with an iguana. Maybe it was. Maybe <laughs> I'm thinking of like a nature documentary or something. It's but funny, but probably um, one of the, the planet Earth or something. Yeah, something like that. Maybe one of the new ones because I haven't. I I watched the 2014 remake once, and I remember not liking it. What is that one place? The the Galapago, the Galapagos, oh, yeah. Galapagos Island. Yeah, I don't know. It might have been that. <laughs> well, I um like very vividly remember this scene. Maybe it wasn't even a Godzilla movie. Maybe it was the beginning of what's that movie with Dwayne the Rock Johnson? Based oh, off of that arcade um, video game, Rampage? No, I don't think Rampage. That's the one. That's with the gorilla, no, but they're it? similar because they, they follow like regular animals as they oh, become huge did, things. No, never mind. I was gonna say, did Cloverfield start with that? But no, Cloverfield is a found footage movie, so it wouldn't have started with the origin of the thing. No. Did you did you ever watch Cloverfield Ten Lane? I did, yes. No, I did not. You, okay, I'm about to say if you didn't, you don't need to, girl. Okay, good. Unrelated but related so is unrelated until the last 10 minutes and then you're like is that what we made a whole movie for is it just does it take place during that time it takes field. place in in that time in that, in that universe but following a random story of a girl like having nothing to do with the aliens or cloverfield thing exactly it's, the- it's about yeah yeah mm. it's about like her journey in, in like this kidnap situation kind of thing yeah, it's almost like a like a horror movie in that aspect where she's being kidnapped. It happens that there's aliens, and that has to do with the the Cloverfield movie, and it's the same with the Cloverfield paradox. It's like they're they're connected into this art like movement called Cloverfield, but other than that, they're non related. Well, I never watched Paradox. Yeah, it's unrelated completely, but but it has like a like. I don't know. It's not. They're not at all following the same storyline, but they're follow. They're in like a similar universe, right? Well, this is not a podcast about Cloverfield. Unfortunately, we're doing Godzilla. Today. It fuck yeah could be if you'd let it, but no, it's it'd be a great. No, I could not, no I could that's gonna be a great that episode, movie. and that I feel like has a lot more to sink my teeth into. I could do ten <laughs> weeks. I could do ten weeks on Cloverfield, just like just like the Phantom Podcast. I could just sit here and talk about just Cloverfield, to, like, dissect it. Like, why did this movie happen? Episode one, wild. The humans just to get that the fuck out of the way. Episode yeah. two, the little spiders. Episode three, the shaky the cameras. Shaky cam. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't even believe. You wait for, to episode three for that? <laughs> like the first thing? No, 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 no. God. We get the humans out of the way. Their stupid ass story with fucking Regina. I mean, not Regina. What's her name? Gretchen. No, not. Yeah, I don't care about any of Janet. them except for the woman who got impaled on that, that one spike because that was intense. Who was that? Was it Janice? Trying to lift her up out of that spike was fucking intense. But did she get lifted up by a spike, babe? Who did? Who died by a spike? Was it the black girl? I think it was the black girl. Janice got bit. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, this is not a Cloverfield podcast. Anyway, so just jumping right into it, Godzilla. It starts with a, a little reel showing nuclear tests on the island of French Polynesia. Show some lizards, iguanas ooh, on the Ooh, island. hold on. Wait. French Polynesia is not an island. <laughs> French Polynesia is a cluster of islands. Yeah, it's like the Galapagos. Think. It's yeah, like the, yeah. It's like saying the islands. It's of like saying it's like you just said like the island of the Caribbean. 
the island of Bahama. Yeah, exactly. The island of Bahama. The (laughs) island of Bahama. We see some lizards. We see a huge nuclear explosion. And we see a single unhatched egg. Skip on forward. That's the prologue. (laughs) This movie takes its goddamn time setting itself up. Just like I'm going to take my goddamn time laughing at this joke. This is going to be a slog, guys. Let's just get through it. In a fishing boat on the South Pacific Oceans, uh, oceans. there are some workers so in their fish in their latest catch, and the captain sees a weird mark on the radar heading towards the boat. He sounds the alarm, and the boat is hit by a large, mostly unseen beast. The monster proceeds to rip giant holes in the boat, and then it's capsized. And then we switch on over. Nick Nicotopoulos, played by Matthew Broderick, Ferris Bueller himself. The fact that Simba himself grabbed this script, read it, and said, this is the one for me. I'm moving on to this. Matthew Broderick, you're such a good actor. What the fuck was that? What the fuck was that? I it like was that such he, a different time. time. He had good intentions. Different time, my cockhole. So worried about. I feel like any anyone trying to make to to work on a movie of that scale is just trying to make a good movie or just like just kind of be a part of that history. But it doesn't always work out the way that you plan. You know what I mean? That's just that's just life. Like, why even defend it? It it it, it it's not like it was surrounded by movies that sucked. I'm sure 1998 was a great year. What movies came out in 1998, Adele? Mulan came out in 1998. Eddie Murphy, given that fantastic vocal performance, I couldn't get Matthew Broderick, one of our best actors of the late 80s, early 90s, to do anything good in this movie. I love that you give him such high praise because they actually wrote this character for Matthew Broderick before he even agreed to it. And then when he did agree, he did not see a screenplay or a script. He just automatically was like, yep, sign me up. Wow. I would have. Yeah, so... I don't know. If, I, if that was me, if I, w- I would have heard Godzilla, I don't know, maybe. Career maybe. is riddled with good choices. That's all I'm saying. And this was not it. This was not the one. I wouldn't say it's a good movie to attach your name to, but it is. he is the main role. You know, he's the lead guy. It's his face on the movie. And he didn't really do too much after this. Like, what, he went back for Inspector Gadget? And after well, yeah. that, not much, you know? He's great in Inspector Gadget. I thought that movie was fantastic. <laughs> of course. it was. He made that movie. But um, he, that script lent itself to his type of acting, his kind of like theatrical, comedic timing acting that he does, where it's like yeah. kind of like a clueless timing thing. Whereas in this yeah. movie, he's supposed to be a smart person. And every time he's clueless, I'm like, you're not even giving me any clueless. You're just giving me like, what? What? Yeah. What? And the word like, what? Martin deducing when it like, you know, the plot needs him to be when he's telling me something about Godzilla because it's a time to tell that. Yeah, and, and then every other second, he's a bumbling buffoon. I just think that it has no legs to stand on, and that's the problem. Mm. What you mean? It got hella legs. Didn't you see that thing? Oh, my God. Yeah, it has the legs of the Godzilla. Yeah, that fucking weird <laughs> creature that was on the screen. Those legs are not enough, Ryan? Honey's no, it's not. Legs. This movie is 80% side characters. That's the only thing that gave it to me. The fucking dude with the camera and O'Neal and the bitch back home waiting for her husband. Those are the only yes, characters yes, I care yes. about. Those are the only characters I care about. Even the dick asshole reporter gave me more. I, I felt so much emotional reaction when he was on the screen. It didn't matter if it was negative or positive. I felt an emotional reaction. When Matthew Broderick and that woman that he had an affair with or something that he tried to marry four years ago, <laughs> that whole thing, God, eight. eight years ago, sorry. Let me double that time to make sure that, that you realize woman. how weird this baggage is still. Uh, it, mm. like That whole thing meant nothing to me. 
It meant nothing to me. Oh my god, you know who else? Detective Pierre Le- de la Pew, whatever his mm-hmm. name is, of the Secret Service, a French Secret Service. Mm-hmm. He did fantastic too. I was on board. He was great. Yes. Like at first he's that shady character, and then he ends up part of the team. He's our fourth guy. You know. Yeah. He's he's the the motivation and the brawn. Like he has double role he's like not only am i not only do i understand the importance as much as you do but i also am part of the secret service so i have endless amount of utilities at my hands that's fantastic well first we start with matthew broderick he's collecting earthworms sorry really went on really went off before the (laughs) movie we we have got like a toad dipped into this pool hasn't even hasn't even like made any earthworms come out of the ground yet well, they come out the ground. He starts picking them up. He's singing a little song to himself. He's in uh, Chernobyl, Ukraine. Um, and then a helicopter appears, and a man from the U.S. State Department tells him he's being reassigned to a different project. Mm-hmm. Just like that. He's so upset. <laughs> uh, and then in Papiti, Papiti, Papiti Tahiti. Papiti Tahiti. Papiti Tahiti. A mysterious Frenchman is interrogating an old man who Papiti was the only Tahiti survivor in a comiti. <laughs> he was the, he was the only survivor of the attack on the Japanese fishing boat. When he asked what attacked him, and the Frenchman shows him the flame of a cigarette lighter, he simply replies in a terrified tone, "Gojira." Hey, I know we don't have a whole lot of viewers, but if anybody can identify what kind of lighter that is, I want one so bad. I it yeah, it looked like a switchblade. Like it it was too thin to be a lighter. It looked like a pen. I typed in blade lighter, and that. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Did it come up? It looked almost like a pen, like a, I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. It looks really cool, though. I love it, and I want it so bad. All right, and then Nick Totopoulos arrives in the Gulf de San Miguel, Panama, where Colonel Hicks, played by Kevin Dunn, briefs him on his next assignment. He leads him to his next sample and tells him to study it, but Nick doesn't see a sample until he realizes he's actually standing inside a giant Oh, my God, that was so stupid. So cheesy. Well, I, I don't see anything. You're standing in it. And then like 20 seconds no. of him realizing he's standing in a footprint. Yeah, that was the fucking worst scene in the entire movie. It's so cheesy. This movie is nothing but cheese. It's held together with CGI and cheese. <laughs> yeah, cheese. Extra cheese. The one that doesn't like come off when you're trying to bite it down, where you just have to kind of like nibble it and it's kind of like falling off. And you off. choke on it. You end up choking on it like five times throughout that whole, you know, You're sitting. like, I just want to swallow, but it won't let, it won't let go. You are oh, still connected to the it. main, to the main pizza. So then he's introduced to his new boss, Elsie Chapman of the National Institute of Paleontology, played by Vicky Lewis. Vicky, 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 Vicky Lewis. I wanted so much from this character when she first came on. She was, she, she came on so strong. She immediately had that personality, that pizzazz, you know? That chutzpah. That pow. <laughs> I agree. I, I definitely wanted to see so much of her. My biggest problem with her is that, like, again, she has all that, and then, dis- like you said in the movie, she just disappears. Like, she's just gone. She disappears. She, like, fades into the background of the movie, and now, like, the only scenes we get of her are her reacting to things. That other Literally people. her just, like, I don't even know how to say it without sounding like, like, like a bitch you know what i mean like they're like using they're using her her feminineness to kind of like you know i don't know to kind of like water down the amount of guys that are in there and just to kind of like make it feel a little bit more like i don't know 
My whole thing is how negative she comes out the gate and then is immediately turned around. Like uh, uh, she, he like she's just all over the fucking place. This lady, she he walks in and she goes like, "I told them that you'd be in over your head." And then she sees him, realizes yeah. he's cute, and is like it immediately does a one eighty. And then let me just all remind everybody what she fucking does. She's a paleontologist, so she studies the bones and the the history of dinosaurs. And she she gives a name to this creature at the beginning that describes a very specific uh, dinosaur from the Cretaceous period, which means that she doesn't know what the fuck she's doing either. She's even more useless than he is, because at least the, she, the thing is affected by radioactivity, and he finds out all these things about the hormones and it being pregnant and all that bullshit. She does nothing. What the fuck is she going to do? She can't dig up the Godzilla's dome, a bones. Single, a single information informational line, like anything she says, is wrong. So she can't even. she's not even playing like the scientist of the movie. She's not playing like the sassy girl, because she gets that one sassy line. And the the line is only for him to bring up. Well, there there was a, a love a long time ago, like that's the whole purpose, just to let us know that there was a girlfriend. Oh my in the god, house. you're so right. Her her thirty four lines are purely for her to just ask in the car. So you get a wife because that is the only yeah. important part. The, the she she does push the narrative a little bit, like in the in the scenes where like what Louis was saying, when it's like her in a room with a bunch of guys that are trying to figure it out. She does use yeah. her negative imbalances to try and like like well she doesn't i mean she's not trying to do it but the the script is trying to push the plot line using her attitude as like a, it's not mm-hmm. gonna work because of blah 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 but like um it, it, it at the same time like you said her only like real because you could have given that line to anybody you could have given that line to matthew all of yeah. her lines you could have given to matthew the only thing that you yep. couldn't have given to her or to anybody else is her sitting in the front seat asking matthew where hitting on him. another exactly hitting on him so that he can divulge the information of his past lover because like even and the whole even like, the whole like let her, let them know let them know that they have to find the nest didn't work because 15 minutes later we find out that they're not fucking looking for the nest so it didn't even yeah, matter she didn't do her job she's just standing there watching tv with the rest of them yeah that would have been a twist that you see her come back later and it's just like i told you i was gonna do it yeah that'd be cool she came up with the army behind her like i did it let's yeah, I go her, her character was them. completely pointless <laughs> make a character give them a purpose let them fulfill that purpose that is how a, that's how an arc in any movie should be it's a three-point thing it's so simple give them that and any character can can feel like I care for them because at least I know a goal that they're supposed to succeed in and I know that they've succeeded in that goal. She didn't have any of that. So for the whole time, I was like, who the fuck cares? (laughs) Yeah, they succeeded in making her a thirsty hoe in this movie. (laughs) For five minutes, like a thirst, like like literally for the, oh God. Yeah, with a title. She's a paleontologist, so don't discredit that. and a bad scientist. (laughs) Because she also just gives Matthew Broderick that that one-up factor, that underdog factor, because he's not just like, the smart guy who's like, oh, hey, this is what's happening, guys. She has to say something smart so that he can be like, wait a minute. No, it's actually this. Yeah. And kind of gives Matthew Broderick that little, like, you know, status raise. Yeah. But, like, why is she so cocky? She's a paleontologist. Exactly. I would say, exactly. I would see that if maybe they, like, came up with an idea together. But it's not that. It's always her saying something negative and then Matthew Broderick saying, oh, here's something I figured out uh, while we were yeah. bullshitting. Anyways, just so he's not the only smart guy in the room. Exactly. Push through. We need to get through this woman. All right, past Vicky. Well, she, if y'all don't know, she's Deb and Flo from Finding Nemo, the bluefish in the tank. 
Deb and Flo. Who's Deb? She's the got girl? like a multiple personality oh, no. syndrome, I think, right? She Oh, she looks at her reflection. Oh, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. No, she's the blue. No, she's the blue. F- blue fish. Blue fish. White stripes. Yeah. Yes. Um, she also, just a little role in the Hercules TV series, she played Arachne in a one-off episode. Oh, she wow. anything else? She seemed kind of familiar. That is actually it. That's like her most famous role was Finding Nemo. Oh, that's so funny. I feel like... I feel like I've seen her face. Yeah, her That's face. Her too. face looks so familiar. I couldn't find anything What's else. What's her name? She really, Vicky Lewis. She really is. Well, she. They really wanted her to be the Laura Dern of this movie, the sassy, take nothing, but also smart, adventurous girl. And she didn't really like, you know, fully fruition to that. What did no, you say? What did you say that, that one person's name was? Takihi Kapipi. Um, we were in Pat- Papit Tahiti. We we're in, in where? In a committee. She was in Finding Dory. In a committee. She was in a committee? In a committee. No. Oh, she was in Finding Dory? Let me see. I will not defer. I've come before you to resolve this attack on our sovereignty now. I was not elected to watch my people suffer and die while you discuss this invasion in a committee. She just shows up and she doesn't have a name. She's probably a fish or something. That's what I thought, yeah. I would have written down a side fish. In a in a committee. All right, so leaving this scene, we also get Dr. Craven, um, who's played by Malcolm Denaire. Who is that? Literally, his whole purpose is to sneeze on his hand and try to shake Nick's hand. Is that guy? And then he's standing in the background for the rest of the shot, for, for the rest of the movie. No, doesn't he kiss that Doesn't he kiss that lady at the end? He kisses a lady. Ew. Yeah, he kisses Vicky Lewis. Kisses no. Vicky Lewis. God. And she goes, she goes, oh, no, did I just do that? And he's all, yeah, like all excited. Oh, God. Gross. What a sneezy sneeze. That was in the climax. But when I was trying to listen and you guys kept trying to talk to me. Sorry. Um, Which is funny because right before I was trying to watch the movie and y'all were looking up elevator facts. Yeah, Like well. screaming at each other during the rekindling of... The only time I was interested in the movie was the very end. Well, he his name is Malcolm Denaire. Um, My what? Malcolm Denaire. Daenerys Targaryen. Malcolm Daenerys. So he's one of the two people to reprise our roles for the Godzilla the series, the little animated series that came oh. afterwards. Of course he, he is. He plays the same character, Dr. Craven. Of course that guy is the one. Of all people, yeah. I mean, what else was it going to be? Exactly. Exactly. You given him you given him a role after he shook Matthew Broderick's hand with a with a snotty uh Didn't even get to shake it. Didn't even get to shake. Sneezed. <laughs> and it, it's a, it's like almost a sneeze reminded me. Oh, oh wait, I should shake his hand. Um, Malcolm Denaire was also an unnamed role in Independence Day, so I'm guessing that's how he got this gig. He also played someone named Jacob Rosenbaum in WTF World Thumb Wrestling Federation. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) All right, skipping on, skipping on, y'all. We're back in New York City. Audrey Timmons, played by Maria Patillo, is getting out of a cab with her groceries for her boss. She goes upstairs to the new studio and puts down the groceries. She runs right up to her boss. Charles came in and asked about the reporter job she's been asking for. He says, hey, let's talk about it over dinner tonight. Your place? And she says no, reminding him that he's already married. Mm-hmm. Frowns, and he's like, mm, your choice. And he walks away. And then Audrey sticks her gum on the nose of a nearby cutout. Of him. Of him. So this is the makings of a good character. You know, we've got her boss life. We've got her work life going on. She's getting sexually harassed by her <laughs> boss in clear daylight. Everyone can see. But no one cares. This is the worst. We couldn't it's have, the worst. We couldn't have gone past this sexism in your, in your notes. 
had to go right ahead first. I have to address this it because it's funny. Disrespect. We just watched Bombshells, which is all about women in the workplace uh, being asked for sexual things in order to get promotions. It's just funny that we watched that where they made such a big deal of it. And then this movie, like, obviously it's a bad moment where we don't, we don't feel good about it, but it's blown over so fast. But it's obviously such a different time. Like, even, like, it's only been, like, like what, 15 years? When did, about 15, almost 20 years. And, you know, it took so long for, for action to be taken. So it's just so crazy to see that, you know, it's been around for so long and it just it just was a thing. It just happened and you can't do re- really do anything about it. You can't. Workplace sexism is, is rampant. It's coming to a close yes, and we can only be thankful for that. So Audrey Timmons, Audrey, 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 my least favorite character in this movie. She's oh, yeah, the she worst. She sucks. She's the worst. Played by Maria Patillo. Maria Patillo. Uh, She's Are you in anything else? Is she in anything Ro- else? True romance, sorry. Leave the stage. Get off the stage, Mandy. What's her name? Candy. <laughs> <laughs> I want candy. No, her name's Maria Patillo. She played Candy in True Romance, which is a movie about a, a hooker, you know, finding love. Pretty woman. She also played uh, Deborah from Natural Born Killers, and she won the Razzie Award for the Worst Supporting Actress. For this movie? I yes. hope so. Good. She deserves that I, Razzie. She sure does. I do. I would love to say, though, I mean, just devil's advocate real quick. I will say 60% of her deserving that Razzie is the writing. That sh- they did not give her a good character to work with. No, for sure. Mm-hmm. That's true. Really Absolutely no redeemable Shitty. qualities. But she did such a great job at being such a bad character. I, I, I agree. <laughs> I actually kind of agree. She did not do a bad... She did what, what her character was supposed to do. She was supposed to be shitty... And My whole thing isn't even that she okay she did a bad job, but I don't think that there would have been a way to do a good job, and that's where I'm lying. That's where I sit right now because it's like if you give anybody those lines, they're gonna have a problem with how to deliver them, and so she just chose a route, and the route that she chose would probably be the most logical, but it still sounded like complete shit because the script was so fucking bad. Like all you needed was like three lines added into the, a few scenes to make her character redeemable. Exactly. Where, yeah, she's doing a bad thing. Or there's take so many a couple you know, lines like out. Where character. <laughs> take a couple lines out. Like her being so gung ho. Like or her fucking apology. Change that apology just a little bit. Just a little. What? She apology? didn't even apologize. She, she never waited apologized. Until, she waited until he got into the cab and left, and she then whispered, whispered sorry it. to herself. <laughs> yeah. Like all, that's all you needed in the grocery store scene. All you needed was for her to say, hey, I'm sorry about what happened. Can we rekindle things? Because then it shows that she does actually, you know, have remorse about what she did. And, you know, she's still in it for the scoop. But there's so many movies where someone's doing something for ulterior motives. And then along the way, you know, falls in love. It didn't feel like that at all. It felt like, oh, shit, I did a shitty thing. I got caught for it. I guess I should apologize. Exactly. And she didn't even apologize. She doesn't feel any remorse. Her character just goes on doing bad shit the entire time and just tries to, like, make a shitty excuse for it. For real. And she just literally, like, stumbles upon him because she's even on the news. Doesn't she work for the news? Like, couldn't yeah. she have seen that, like, at the station? She had to see it in a diner. <laughs> That's true. She was, true. She then, was our and then, <laughs> and then she just, like, was like, oh, I, I know someone there. So, and then she just finds him. And the, she in gets the fucked. <laughs> I do feel bad for her it, to an extent because she because she does get fucked over several times just but but just for being a, a woman. I think it's just karma. Well, mm-hmm. 
I mean, in the beginning, in that one part, definitely, where he definitely hits on her. Like, that's not cool. Like, no one should have to go through that. Right. He, but, he tries to stop her I, career development I mean, after development that, she just, she just kind of, like, gives into the shittiness. She that's gives into true. the fact that you have to be, you know, I don't know, a monster to be able to accomplish things. Right. You know? Uh, yeah, she's never, like, uh... Like, she really like takes it to... Like, she never has consequences for yeah, that. For it's doing a doggy, dog world. But, yeah, you know, uh-huh. even someone that she was with for four years... You know, she can't. That's so know, disappointing. Just That's just so disappointing. She never explains herself. You know, fucking apology. She still never even says, like, this is why I left. You can assume it's because she was scared of commitment. She said that she wants to be a reporter. So maybe that's why she did it. But they never actually explain it. She never actually tries to, like, give herself credit. She literally left him, <laughs> didn't call him, didn't give him a letter, and then was back, <laughs> Nothing, like, eight just years left. later. Eight years. After he Eight proposed, years. can you imagine being with somebody for so long that you feel comfortable enough to say, yeah, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with him. Then you get on one knee, you propose, and then they leave you and never talk to you again for eight years. And then steals the tape from you and make you lose your job. These are because that's what happened. These are unrealistically evil characteristics of a person. Like, it, that's just not even... Thank you, and Adele. And this guy's so gullible and, like, uh, I want to say still obsessed because it, he still had her pictures up. It's true. And yeah, like that's what he might have forgotten them. I, I in mean, his new you know, you can't, you, you can't. Lot of those pictures over. That that's a realistic thing, though. I feel that. I feel uh, you know, it's probably his first love. The that's one like that a, got away. Exactly. I mean, yes, but yeah, yeah, especially yeah. because he's like he's like moving around so frequently. The fact that he has time to set up his, you know, tent, that's very true. You know, with that's all these very pictures. very true. Louis got yeah, a point. A, he really did pull those pictures out of his shoebox and put them up. Like she had to see those. He had to invite her back to the tent. And make her look at that and then, you know, set her up for Honestly, the next act. I'm thinking we should only do shitty movies from now on because I have so much to say about this very, very terrible plot. Yeah, it's movie. easy to go like, yeah, that was good. I yeah, think that should just it. be yeah. like a like a certain category. So we have, you know, the movies that we love and whatever and Ooh. then the shitty movies. Louis just blew it wide open. Was, we have a Super one of bad the, was great content because we have, it was so good. We have one of the greats and this is one of the... One of the shakes, one of the nates, one of the fakes, one of the fakes. We have one of the greats and one of the fakes. Is this really the first bad movie that you guys have done? No, Space Jam was horrible, no. but we gave it. Space Jam was it, probably the worst. And before but, that? Never Ending Story, probably, but it was good. Never Ending Story was like the second <laughs> it's still word, good. but it wasn't bad. It's still good. Yeah, it's still good. Like Click and Hitch, they're like redeemable in their own ways. This was just like a bad movie. This was just so bad. <laughs> Space Jam was bad, but like it had nostalgia. Minutes. So we like, are forty minutes in, and we've barely gotten past. The exactly, that's what I'm saying. I have so much to say about this bad movie. All right, so let's move on from Charles Kamen. Haven't lost any on. energy. Sorry, go ahead. He's played by Harry Shearer. Um, he was in Small Soldiers. He was Punch It, which is like a little hippo-looking guy. Oh, I've great seen that movie. Yeah, I haven't seen them well. Fun. Um, he was twenty-one goddamn characters on The Simpsons. He was oh, Nick I told Anders, you he is the Simpsons. Mr. Burns, I said that he's Principal the he's Skinner. he's wait don't say it he's the Seven Eleven guy. He's also Ned Flan. Oh, you already said Ned Flanders. Doctor oh, Hibbert. He's Leonard yes. Lenny Leonard. Yes, Rainer Wolfcastle. This dude Wade is so Skinner. famous for this. He's Auto Man, the bus driver guy with the. He's a Scottish uh, guy. CD. The Scottish guy. Was he in Friends? He's yes, Jasper he he wasn't friends. He was Phoebe's. He's um Phoebe's his name is from Minsk. David, yeah, exactly. 
from Minsk. He's not I, from Minsk. I saw him and I was like, I was like, it has to be. He's him, not but he from Minsk, but he goes to Minsk on a research <laughs> project. He's a scientist and he goes to Minsk. Uh, Nick and the team have been flown to Great Pedro Bluff, Jamaica, and while on a car ride to the site of another shipwreck, Elsie asked Nick some questions. We kind of went over this. We learned that he is a radiation scientist in the abnormal growth of earthworms due to radiation and that he has a, he had a girlfriend a long time ago. So at the shipwreck, Hicks is trying to shoo some reporters away when the Frenchman who interrogated the crew member shows up and says that they are with him and are preparing a report for a lateral shell casualty property insurance. Oh, you um, gave me the accent for that one. Hick gets rid of him, but calls him Mr. Roach, and down the beach, Nick takes a little tissue sample for study. And then we're in the ocean on the eastern seaboard of the U.S., where three fishing trawlers are bringing in the day's catch when the nets seem to get stuck on something. The boats are towed underwater, and all members of the crew have to abandon ship. Only one of the trawlers comes back up, but upside down. Damn. That was horrible. What a, what a fucking sequence. We were discussing the logistics of that, and it's like, no way. <laughs> the thing is that they really try to give you the suspense of that moment. So, like, they get kind of stuck, and then, oh, wait, we almost got it. Pull it in. Then all of a sudden, they get pulled the fuck under. Yeah. So, like, he was just toying with them at that point. And it's like, I don't think that that, that Godzilla at any point has the mental capacity to be like, yeah, let me like fucking uh pull on these nets real quick and uh just hang out with these sailors for a second. <laughs> yeah, because he's not trying to eat people. At no point in the movie is he eating people for like the purpose yeah. of being hungry. So I think they were able to establish when he attacked that first ship was because I guess it was carrying tuna. I mean, whenever did we get? That yeah, game? he did pick up a little tuna can, so maybe he's in it for the fish. Like maybe... But it's crazy because you go after this boat where you're literally swimming in the ocean. With There's fish everywhere. <laughs> fish everywhere. <laughs> but if you see a giant net with a bunch of fish in it, I guess you can say that he that's was true. in there grubbing, eating, and that's that. when it got hooked on. And but then, then it would be. Done... But then it would be. It would be. Wouldn't it be one and done? Like, wouldn't he munch through? If that okay, so if that was the case, wouldn't he have just? bitten through all of the nets at once in one gulp like isn't he big enough that he would eat all three of the giant fish hordes at once or is it and like wouldn't the ropes cut then or wouldn't he then pull on the ropes at that point and be it'd be fast it not be like a whole like them they were going full throttle for a good two minutes and not moving before they even started moving backwards so that it doesn't add up like that's fucking it doesn't but honestly thinking about it a little bit it it, he has these giant like spikes on his back and like imagine any of that getting caught i know that that's probably not what they're thinking about so he's like eating and then when he tries to swim away it gets caught and he's like "Hmm, what is this but even then isn't he don't you think he's massive enough and moves enough in the water that his movement wouldn't be like you don't think like you think that Godzilla was fighting three ships because that's what they're implying that he had to be like like struggling to pull, to like move three ships backwards when in an instance he sinks them all for for seemingly doing nothing like yeah it doesn't make it, at no yeah. point is that is that trackable you know no it's just like the same thing when the old guy is fishing by the pier and then yeah and then the bob goes like under yeah, it's like being pulled, but somehow Godzilla's swimming towards him, and then that's <laughs> so true. And, he, and then the the, the freaking um, fishing pole gets like pulled into the water as Godzilla is swimming towards him. Yeah, so that, none of that makes any sense. Exactly. And he would have to be like an inch below the surface of the water in order to Hook grab is. that bottle. 
how how big do you think that hook is and how long you know beneath is it that Godzilla had you know the capacity to grab that and not be seen it couldn't yeah. have even been that deep it couldn't have been that deep like you can see it floating on the surface exactly. of the water <laughs> exactly on the surface before he hooks onto yeah. it grabs it and then pulls it down and then comes back up and i feel like if the, if the water is gonna be shallow anywhere it would be by the pier but exactly I think we needed to go through these kind of like movies that don't make sense to kind of get to where we are now because our movies are so pre-planned. Like, how? But how did he get there? And where is his character yeah. during this time? Like, we have to think about all these facts because we had true. such terrible but movies like this. I feel like now it's it becomes like a little bit of a problem because now they're just focusing so hard on the details that they forget about the, the narrative. That is and, true. You know where the where anything is supposed to go. It's they a give really or take. There's the there's definitely like ways that you can go into detail and keep a narrative. I think Star Wars does a good job of doing that. I hate to bring Star Wars up again for the for the eleventh podcast in a row. My life. But um, but like even in the newer series, like they have like details that aren't fully explained. But give like a like it, there's a sweet spot is all I'm saying, and a lot of movies reach that sweet spot. I feel like Zootopia is a good example. I don't know why that's what came to my mind, but I think Zootopia is a good example. There's a lot of implications about the universe of Zootopia that the audience has to make that are just later mm-hmm. reinformed by very small details in the movie, and I think that's a very effective way to to tell that narrative. Where in this movie, where in this movie, they they release any detail to you at all, and it's all broad picture. Whereas another movie where it's too much detail is, you know, it, oh, underwhelming in the same way. Where it's like, okay, I I don't, there's no story here. You're just giving me all the detail. Yeah, you're just giving me the effects. <laughs> exactly, but but there but there is a sweet spot between like an implication and actually just telling you everything about this world because. Obviously, the audiences get mad when you do something that is not explainable. But if you if you imply that it might be explainable, you don't have to go through and explain it later. Yeah, because then you can kind of formulate your own theories or give your own little take based on the information they gave you instead of straight up telling you what happened. Exactly. All right, so Hicks and the team, they hear about this report of the fish and trawlers going under uh, while flying back to America. And Nick puts the clues together, concluding that it is a new species created by the nuclear test in French Polynesia where it was first sighted. And this is one of those scenes where he's literally just one-upping everything that Vicky Lewis says. Right, she serves as a plot point just to say negative shit to him. For him to be like, oh, wait a minute. It's, it's for him to have this. revelations, so that way he can like think about it a little bit more. Yeah. Than thinking for himself, he's like thinking, wait a minute. Well, he's thinking for himself. But he's like thinking for everyone else. Like everyone else is throwing out these ideas. Exactly, and, and he's like, like oh, he's wait, formulating actually, something wait a completely different from what the rest of the people are saying. Okay. Exactly. So back in the city that never sleeps, uh, Audrey and her friend Lucy Pilati, uh, and Lucy's husband Victor Animal Pilati oh, are Jesus. having dinner at a restaurant when Audrey sees Nick on TV. We learn that Audrey is Nick's old girlfriend. And is that this where we are? Uh, is this where we are right now? This podcast is moving about as fast as the fucking movie does. Jesus Christ. This, we have a lot of things <laughs> to set up so that we can uh, forget about it later. Uh, for, for none of this makes no importance to the, the narrative of the fact that Godzilla is, is coming to destroy the city. This movie is really focused on suspense. They're really trying to drag everything out. Like, this is now where 
was learning that Audrey and Nick is the old girlfriend that he mentioned to Chapman earlier. Right. And that doesn't resolve anything. It just gives one more little morsel of information. To it's funny that you say that this along. movie is dependent on suspense when there's absolutely none of it the entire time. Isn't that crazy? I don't think there's any <laughs> real suspense, but I think they were trying to put too much suspense everywhere. No, you're 100% correct. And the fact that I felt absolutely Lord. none of it says what about the movie? Like, it's crazy. I, I, uh, none of it was surprising. None of it was shocking. Nor did I care about any of it the entire time. Well, we did love Lucy Pilati. She's yes, the one who keeps on beating up Animal. I love I'm gonna Lucy. Kill ya. I'm going to kill you. Very relatable. Oh, my God. I'm going to kill him when he gets home. You don't really feel like, oh, I can see myself in this situation because it just seems so, uh, yeah, I don't want to say unrealistic because obviously we know what it is. but And that's why we hang off Lucy so much. She seems like that aunt that I love, the one who's like got a loud mouth at the party, who's not afraid to say to whatever her she husband. Say. Yeah, it's, it's the woman Lucy's abuser. I love relatable. it. It's my favorite. Animal can get a little like you know handsy sometimes. He's out of line, so she has to put him in place. It's my favorite, and also is she Jewish? She just like says a million uh, different like <laughs> Jewish catchphrases. I feel like Boy, the chutzpah, the chutzpah, exactly. Yeah, like I'm like, what is going on? So uh, Lucy is played by Arabella Fields. She was in She's National great. Treasure as <gasps> Abigail's secretary, who comes in in that one scene. Oh my. God, Justin, you did a link. Damn. You did a Justin link. And then uh, Victor Animal Pilati is Wait, 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 wait. When you clicked on her IMDb and you saw National Treasure, did you shit yourself? I did that one of these where you rub your hands together like a little evil villain. <laughs> I said, <laughs> He said, <laughs> You're like a little, mine. Like a little gremlin in the dark. <laughs> Oh, I love, love this one. Oh man! Oh god! I can't imagine. You, I you can't imagine the boner I have for that fact. The fact that oh, she was a national treasure. Oh, we just <laughs> did that movie. That was the last one we did. So, uh, Hank Azaria, my man Hank, was the one and only Bartok the Magnificent in both Who? Hank Who? Azaria Animal. Oh my god, he is Bartok. That's why I told you he does He's voices, bro. Bartok in Bartok the Magnificent and in Anastasia. Wow. Great. He's a uh, Gargamel in the Smurfs, the bad guy. Yes, I'm assuming. yes. He's in the new Smurfs, in the newest Smurfs. The new, yeah, the remake. Funny. He played uh, Kun Mun Ra, the Egyptian antagonist in Night of the Museum: Battle for the Smithsonian. Yes. Oh yes, I yes. remember his. Face. But didn't we talk about how he's in? That. Didn't we talk about how he's in Simpsons already? Yes. Yes. We, well, I haven't, but you yes, know, you did. You did. You literally, you literally went through this already. You did him already. So, um, the other guy was. <laughs> Wait, and there's uh, another person that was in Simpsons? Oh, that's funny. Audrey's boss, the sexual harasser. He oh. was Ned Flanders, Mr. Burns, Crystal Skinner. Oh, I thought Bob you were Hibber. talking about this guy that whole time. No, but this guy, this guy, this is guy is, is a, he's, yeah, he's a, a Jeet Pajul, Pajul. He's a, uh, Apu. Apu, yeah, that's what I meant to say. He's Apu. Uh, Superintendent Chalmers, Duffman, Cletus. So this is the one from Friends. This is the one not from the Friends. One. Uh, not the oh, other he's one. From Friends? Yeah. Okay, okay. I wanted to clear he that is, up. <laughs> yes, he is Phoebe's um lover, David. David? It's just very brief. Which it's one's Phoebe brief. again? Phoebe, Phoebe is, is the Kudrow. blonde one. Oh, Lisa okay. Kudrow. That, that matches. I love Friends. I was talking to Brian the other day. He told me that he was like scarred. Oh, he hates friends. friends. Brian hates Friends. Do you know because, the story? Yeah, because one time his parents didn't take him to his play or something that he was working on 
because they were like, oh, well, there's a friends on tonight, so. That's <laughs> <laughs> exactly how he told me. Uh, yeah, and then like, he no, was. but I think it was it was Mr. V. So it was just so funny that he was just like so serious. No, we gotta go. We got an emergency. Yeah, we have to get back to home because Friends is on tonight, and we can't miss it. Apparently, it wasn't on that night. So yeah. I just didn't like Friends because that was like the parent show. That was like the boring TV. I want to get back. Wow, to that I disagree. I, I wasn't any boo boo baby. So anything my mom watched, I watched with her. I watched Frasier. I watched Friends. I watched Will and Grace. I watched Scrubs. When I was young, because I wanted to cuddle up with my mom and watch TV. That 70s That's show. Funny. That's the reason I watched I, all those shows when I was a kid. I didn't watch any of those oh. shows in my parents, oh. except for that 70s show. And but Seinfeld. She loved herself some Seinfeld. I didn't watch that. But uh, friends I used to watch by myself. Down at the docks, an old man is fishing when his line is taken by what he thinks is a huge fish. We already talked about this. It makes no goddamn sense. Uh the beast services and destroys the entire dock in the process as we get our first glimpse of Godzilla. He walks straight into the city. Uh, Monster continues to stop, stomp on through the city where down the street, Mayor Ebert is giving a little... The monster continues to stomp through the city where down the street, Mayor Ebert is giving a speech for re-election when the monster crashes the party. It walks straight through, taking gigantic strides, oblivious to the destruction it causes. Mayor Ebert, was there a point of him being in the film other than to just be mad at everything happening? I mean, uh, <laughs> I guess not. Mayor, <laughs> yeah, he's just I like mean... a crooked politician in this time of disaster. Sort of yeah, like, for the most part, that. sort of like, sort of like a certain Cheeto themed president at the beginning of this coronavirus. Mm, mm, what a great correlation. What a great mm-hmm. allegory, Godzilla 1998, that you've made to political times in 2020. The Zilla virus. The Zilla virus. That's what they should have called it. The Zilla virus. Ten out of ten. That'd be scary. That'd be much scarier than what Ooh, it is now. Scary, scary. Y'all are all scared of the Zilla. Of the monsters. He's got a corona on his own. The Rona is nothing against the Zilla. Well, I will say that disaster movies like to take the time of disaster and really like showcase how politicians the army how ineffective it all is in times of real crisis you know? right how, yeah like how these people like actually can handle um these situations at hand that they're actually supposed to be ready for at any moment but you know you don't really know what's going to happen especially not expecting a giant dinosaur to walk through the streets Fight! of new york and he can care less about what's happening he honestly just cared about his image and his re-election, his re-election campaign has been a you know get hurt because of this mm-hmm. that's all he cares about so he's uh played by michael lerner and he also plays mayor ebert in the godzilla series he was fulton from elf the guy who demands that the book be written in time ew you remember him yeah he says i'll be back in two days and then the guy's like wait but two days is christmas yeah you got plans gotcha bitch <laughs> i fucking hate you <laughs> Weasel from Newsies. Moving on, moving on. He's also Weasel from what? Newsies. Okay. Oh, yeah. About newspaper people? Yeah, I love Newsies. Bam! Came in his office. He's yelling through the phone, asking for a better story than just rain. His secretary, played by Nancy Cartwright, uh, sees Godzilla and whispers, Sir, I think your story just walked by the window. She says, Just walked by the window. (laughs) Yes, he did with those legs. LeBron James. So uh, Nancy Cartwright is Bart Simpson. She's Nelson Muntz, Ralph Wiggums, Kearney Ziswiss, Todd Flanders. Whoa. <laughs> what was that name? 
was Z-Z-Y-Z-W-I-C-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-
like no 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 because they're saying it like because like there's that this is the best place for him to hide i get it because there's a bunch of skyscrapers that's fucking stupid there's a million people in that city with eyes all over the place like we know exactly where this monster is at every second this is a horrible place for it to hide it's if this movie would have been made today you get snaps or instagram stories or anything left and right from yeah back then all they had was that one shitty ass video camera that they should make a godzilla found footage movie that would go over so well why the fuck haven't they done that fun this is the perfect take the camera too much i feel like people are good with holding cameras (laughs) i mean yeah i think (laughs) iphones have we can stop iphones are shaky cam iphones are self-stabilizing now girl so, but what kind of camera were they using in Cloverfield? Was it like a, a home fucking video phone video like camera? Phone? Yeah, from like a Razer kind of flip phone. They have in 2007? A Razer flip phone. They had like flip phones. That's yeah. like the shitty. He just trying to get some black. <laughs> oh, he had a camcorder. He it was a camcorder, okay. but it was like a, just a small little shitty camcorder. So my man, Sergeant O'Neill, played by Doug Savant. Uh, he was Tom Scavo and Desperate Housewives from 2004 to 2012. He was in Trick or Treat, an old scary movie, and uh, he did come back for Godzilla the series, but he didn't play his own character. He did a whole bunch of like miscellaneous army. I'm not the one. Another military guy. <laughs> Another set. Okay, I'm gonna stop. So the <laughs> animals. I mean, if it fits, it ships. I put. I mean, I thought I did because he was in another one of a Godzilla movie, but I guess I got the connection. It wasn't like a. Uh-huh. But I then you stopped, it. and you. I'm just. You know what? I get it. I'm. You're I'm, out. I'm out. I mean, sometimes that's a little bit uncalled for, but I'm having a. Good time. Thank you. Went there. Oh my fucking god. This is what I'm feeling from Justin. This is what I'm feeling from Justin. Animals video is being broadcasted on TV while. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you go right into it. No, you go ahead. Animals video is being broadcast on TV, and while Handy came in his bag, Audrey steals his ID badge. She then replaces Kane's picture with her own, taking on the identity of a reporter. Yeah. So then the French man shows up again, and we learn that his name is Philippe Rocher. He it's offers Roche, Roche, Roche. I think it says Roche. Appropriate. <laughs> offers his assistance to Mayor Ebert secretly piecing a microphone on the back of his jacket collar and uh, then the mayor goes to a meeting with Hicks and the crew and Roche and his team are listening in. O'Neill says they found the 23rd Street subway station destroyed. The beast had uh, burrows his way under the tunnels and could be anywhere in the city. Hicks then tells O'Neill to block off all 14 tunnels leading out of the island. Uh, Nick then suggests that bringing the monster out with bait he says, all we need to do is find out what he needs, and then he'll come to you. So at, at this point, Godzilla's very, trying to be very discreet, right? Because he, they find this, like, subway entrance, is it? Mm-hmm. Destroyed. Mm-hmm. But, like, think about it. That thing is huge. How can he go underground without completely destroying everything and, like, collapsing buildings? I, like how deep does he go? How I deep honestly can did not York think go? about that. The subway station itself was completely intact, but once you walk down a flight of stairs, it's like a giant hole opened up. Yeah. So unless that was like the top bit of his body or something, like the edge so of like him. He didn't just like half stick in there. Exactly. He definitely didn't go through that tunnel, right. but like you can tell that he was burrowing. So that don't make no sense. That is. Yeah. Make- even <laughs> the streets would be like kind of like you know like broken on top yeah know, just... you would, or you would find a hole somewhere else so if like, he went uh, through the ground here and then traveled through the subway yeah. station but it looked like he went through the stairs which are like you know 10 feet high 
the perimeter would definitely have to be a lot bigger. I do have here several different Godzilla screams, I think. This is the one, I think, from the it original, the 54 or 55. And then here... Like a scream and an explosion. Here's the one that we just watched. Here's the 1984 one. Ooh, that's that yeah, that sounds pretty classic. And then I think this is the 2014. Oh, yeah, that got there. It got there. It got there. Growl at the end there. It's like, <laughs> All right, so we got a plan. We've got our, our bait. We've got our fish. We know what we're doing. We're firmly locked into Act 2. Everything that I just described was just setting up the movie, and now we're finally trying to get Godzilla. Jesus Christ, an hour, 20 minutes in. We've set so the movie up now. We've just set it up. We've got a large pile of fish, which is the bait. You know how long uh, Superbad took to set up? Maybe like 20 minutes. We're on the, we're on 20 our way seconds. to the garden. Don't worry. There were two characters, some side characters. What? Uh, but what else do you to. need to know about this fucking movie besides the like what? I, 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 it's so bad <laughs> to elicit the time that we're spending on it. I can't believe it. I mean, I, I, I don't get me wrong. I'm the one making it spend this much time. However, All right, guys, the movie is terrible. We're done. <laughs> I wish. Oh, I wish. Oh, I wish it were that easy. It's not. Continue, Justin. I'm sorry. So the fish trap works. Roche says that, no, it's very clever after someone says that it's crazy. Uh, it works. Godzilla arrives. He starts eating some fish. The army opens fire. And while being fired upon, the monster escapes and runs through the city with three helicopters in pursuit. Their missile strikes are ineffective because the monster is cold-blooded and doesn't give off the heat signature for the missile to lock onto. Not how that works at all. That's not how this works. He said the monster is colder than the buildings around him. Does anyone know what cold blooded means? It doesn't mean that your blood runs cold. It means that it matches to the outside temperature. Don't set up a piece of logic and then not run with that. You need to go with what you just said. Yeah, why go through the trouble of throwing it in there, making it seem realistic if you're not going to actually use that that's one this piece of information movie, that you gave us? That's what this whole movie does. It just throws little little fun facts out there and they just kind of like leave it in the air. Exactly. Nothing really like happens with it. Exactly. Like cold-blooded people, they 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 people animals they have the same temperature people. as what's around them. So if you were to say like, oh, he's cold-blooded, he's the same temperature, we can't lock on. Fine, perfect. That's what you need to say. But he has to say that he's colder than the buildings around him. Yeah, like, almost like if he runs cold Elsa. or he's doing it on purpose. Or <laughs> the cold never bothered Godzilla anyway. So after cold the never strike, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Let the storm rage. Basically, they blow up the Chrysler building trying to hit Godzilla. <laughs> They're hitting every other building besides him. Yo, and this dude's like, ooh, shit. My bad, my bad. Fucking my bad. He doesn't want to say hit the Chrysler building. He says, we uh, got a negative, negative impact. Negative, negative impact, negative impact. Uh, fucking my B, my B. It was not Godzilla. It was something else. We hit the fucking Chrysler building. Let's try it again. So the copters uh, switch to miniguns. Very little results. They just end up blowing up the whole city. And then Jesus this is when Christ. things switch up on him. Because then the beast turns from the hunted to the hunter. And he destroys all the helicopters with such ease. He's chasing them around the freaking city. And then he 
like comes from behind them in like a building thing, like where it's like supposed to yeah, grab you. It doesn't make any sense because when they're shooting that whole building that already has a giant hole in it, mm-hmm. you hear Godzilla like panic or freak out. Like you hear him like almost like if he's being attacked. And it's just, it makes you think, like, is he just, like, saying, like, he's just, like, on the other building on the other side, just misleading them. Yeah, you think some ventriloquism them getting... to throw his voice. Yeah. yeah. That's Because he pops off from right behind him. You know those, those, like, those, like, cup phones that they used to use? Yeah. That's what, that's what it is. Like, like yeah, with a, cup a piece of string? Yeah. It's, like, puts it on the other side. Giant cup. And Godzilla's at one end of it, and the other end is just the army guys, like, the building. You're like, into a cup. So everything. I know it's a so stupid. Show. I'm sorry. A Godzilla-sized solo show. cup. Everything's blown up. The city's even more destroyed. Godzilla's gone. He's disappeared. Uh, Mayor Ibber is over here yelling at all the army people. You did more damage than the Godzilla did. That's the, the fucking Chrysler building. Back at the intersection, Nick is taking a blood sample that he found on the street, and then he's uh sent back to New Jersey. He enters the shop and buys about five different pregnancy tests when Audrey walks in. Oh, and we learn that after the proposal, God. Audrey left without a word. This Wait, fucking lady, bro. That's funny. I yeah. didn't think that. Because after he got shot a little bit, that's where uh, Nick was able to grab some blood off the floor. Some gross, like, jelly-looking blood. It wasn't even, like, blood. It was, like, yeah, he was, like, jelly. He, like, scooped it, it up like, in a fucking goop. cup. It was solid. Goop. Mm. <laughs> Anyways, we're at this fucking um, store, and he's getting pregnancy tests or something, right? Isn't that what's happening? Mm-hmm. Buying, like, five different packs of pregnancy tests. Homegirl's in here like, I hope you're not still mad. I'm not going to apologize because I'm a bitch. <laughs> she, <laughs> she does not even try. She goes back, and she's well, like... Well, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm sorry you feel that way. That was eight years ago. And then she starts to walk away, and then he is like, hey, no, no, no. come on, uh... Uh, you want some a cup of tea? Yeah, cup of tea? Blah, 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 shitty. blah, blah, blah. Godzilla's pregnant. That's what this gets to us, basically. It's exactly. blah, 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 blah. Godzilla's pregnant. Godzilla's pregnant. All of that to show that she's still a bitch. And he's still a naive, <laughs> lumbling. He's boy. also a little bitch. <laughs> he's a little bitch. She's a big bitch. Couple of, couple of bitches over here. And Godzilla's a bitch also because he's pregnant. So after he finds out he's pregnant, uh, he runs on over to tell the team, and that's when she takes a tape saying top secret. Fucking rude. This rude, horrible woman. Horrible woman. Bottom 10. Bottom 10. I never use that phrase. I've always used top 10, but you know what? Bottom 10. She does struggle with herself for a moment. She looks, she's like, "Mm, mm," but then she takes it. I, uh, I think it was for us. That was just for the camera, you know? If she if it she was, was like alone, the she... one moment of remorse that she's felt for the entire movie. No, but honestly, what gets me is that later she was just like, "Oh, you never said it was off the record, bitch." Yeah, yeah. bitch. That top secret. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. I. He was all, you know what? I hope you get what you fucking want. You stupid bitch. So then we're at a meeting while the leaders are planning to draw Godzilla into a more open area like Central Park. When Nick tells them that the beast is Perego. He uh, theorizes that, like, uh, like the monster, he theorizes that the monster, like other lizards, will create a nest and can lay up to twelve eggs, and is hoarding the dish as food for its young. That that was supposed to be fish, and is hoarding the, the dish, fish, the as, dish of fish, <laughs> hoarding the fish as food for its young. So, handing after handing in the stolen tape, hoping to get her big moment, 
Audrey reports goes live, but is being read by Cayman, who not only steals her big story, but mispronounces Gogeta as Godzilla. Is this guy's fault? I don't know why we needed that. We needed a, a moment to turn Gogeta into Godzilla. It's so Where funny you said like that, Justin. It's I'm so sorry. funny you said that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean, my thing is not relevant, but I was just thinking about... <laughs> That dish. Isn't there a song we heard recently about that dish? That dish is a risk. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, this is a risk. <laughs> That's the improv musical. Yeah. Oh my god, I hate you. Yeah, <laughs> I hate right. you so much. Wow. Well, <laughs> so figure it so out. Stupid. Get mad. <laughs> Why are you mad? You didn't have fun. You didn't have no, fun. I it was did. good. Look I at did. him I, over here. Exactly. It's always like random when you pull up things like that, and when I end up liking them, I like them. But like, it's just the fact that I'm thinking of something. I'm like, what is it? What is this dish? It's a good music. Hey guys, this is a good. This is a good point in the podcast to go ahead and plug another podcast. If you like improvised musicals, go listen to Off Book. But even more so, if you like movies, uh, more often if you like horror movies, or even if you don't like horror movies, go check out. Go check out Too Scary Didn't Watch, hosted by three amazing women, and they're great. We love horror movies, so you better get down. It's and fun. it's great. It's like if you don't actually want to sit through and watch it, because I'm not a super scaredy cat, but horror movies take a long time to, to pick up. You Especially know? the older ones. The host of each episode explains a horror movie to two people who have not seen it or are too scared to watch it. Yeah, so you get some audience interaction with there. You get like the little reactions, and you get to know what's going on without actually watching it. Fun little sister pod. Just have fun with it. Come on. All Come right. On. So uh, quarantine. After the leaders uh, see the news broadcast, uh, they uh, fire Nick. Fire him. Yeah, that's complete bullshit. He's like the only one that's getting anything done there or the only one that can figure stuff out. And then the second that that happens, they're like, all right, well, bye. They're like, you went to the press? They're like, we we still have the paleontologist. (laughs) Doing jack shit for us. Yeah, not helping at all. Running around just yelling. (laughs) What is she going to do? She did sorry to him. She That was like her last little moment. While Nick is packing up, she comes over and is like, hey, I'm sorry about that. And then Nick is like, hey, don't worry about me. She didn't even get need to do Hicks that. to find the nest. Get him to believe me. One, one last thing. One last thing before you go. Smoke weed every day. Okay, thank you. I, I think if anyone's hitting the blunt in this movie, I think it was Elsie. Uh, I think that's where she disappeared to. Just half of this movie. do it! She was just smoking blunts. Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Bad boys, bad boys. While climbing into a taxi, Audrey shows up and tries to apologize. That's incorrect. She does not try to apologize. Uh, but Nick, feeling angry and betrayed, blows it all off. He tells the driver to go to Newark Airport, but the driver locks the doors and drives a different way. Animal follows in a van. Uh, while Nick finally gets the driver to stop, Roche reveals himself to be the driver and gives us the whole oh, rundown. Oh, it is me. I am part of the French Secret Service. And my mission is to protect his uh oh, I'm sorry. His mission is to protect his own country from their own creation. He confirms that Godzilla was created in French Polynesia during the nuclear testing, just like Nick thought. Uh, Roche gives them a base. Was confirmed? He said that? Confirmed. Yeah, he did. I missed it. <laughs> Roche drives them to a base where they prepare to enter the city as Nick agrees to help Roche and the French Secret Service. Uh, yeah, with all those guns that they bought here. Yeah. This is America. You can get guns. You can get so many guns in America. 
He said, this is a minicon. You can buy anything. <laughs> My name is Nicolas Cage. The Declaration of Independence. <laughs> has been stolen by me. By me, I stole the declaration with with a woman named Diane Kroger. Oh my God, me and Adele watching Glorious Bastards, and she does so good in that movie. She goes, "What are you trying to prove?" Movie. And I say, "Oh, wow, I seen that movie. she's so I German." I <gasps> started it. It's so good. I watched that movie with Tom Cruise, um, Valkyrie. That's like similar. Great. I don't know what that movie. Is. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Watch it, watch it. <laughs> so after Why Animal watches the whole exchange uh, from a little hole in the wall, he returns home and where he Person. finds Audrey crying, thinking that Hicks is not going for the nest, which is her. Oh, I, I messed the whole thing up. Yoshi every, time you, <laughs> every time you say Hicks, I think you say Hitch. And I'm like, wait, what movie are we doing? So after Animal watches the whole exchange go down from a little hole in the wall, he then returns home where he finds Audrey crying, thinking that Hicks not going for the nest is her fault. Which Ooh, she's crying. Is. Crying. Animal then convinces her to help him follow Nick and Roche to find the nest. Nick and Roche's team sneak back into the city disguised as U.S. Army soldiers with Audrey and Animal following right behind them. So now we're heading into the third act. We've got our little team. We've got Audrey and Animal. We've got Nick and Roche. We've got a little foursome going. It's the final countdown. Headed to, yep, it's the final countdown going to the third act. The perfect time. Uh, oh, thank God. Something to break up this fucking movie. This is the worst. You know how long it took to get to the third act? And we're going to stay there for a long goddamn time. We better not. We better goddamn not. All right. The third degree quiz show. I'm your host, Baby J, here joined by... Hi, my name is Ryan. I'm from Orlando, Florida. Hello, Ryan. And who are you, my friend? Hello, my name is Louie. I'm from Puerto Rico, but I live in Florida. Hi, Louie. I'm Ryan. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. This mm. film stars Hank Azaria. Who's that? Hank Azaria plays Bartok the Magnificent. Oh, yeah. Which is the prequel to Anastasia. Right. The question is this. Yeah. Who voiced Anastasia? Fuck. Oh. Um, wait. In the, in the English version or the Spanish? Because I know both. <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait, wait, version, wait, 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 wait. Stop, 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 stop. You know Mandy Moore, Mandy Moore, Mandy Moore. Nope. Damn, I don't know. Is that your final answer? Yeah, I don't know who it is. Okay, well, before I... I mean, I think this is it. I think it's Meg Ryan. Ding, 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 ding. It is Meg Ryan. It is Meg Meg Ryan. Ryan. Yes, but I also watched it in Spanish because growing up in Puerto Rico, everything was, like, translated. So in Spanish, it was um, done by this actress named Talia. Ooh, Talia. Yeah. Yeah. If you would have stayed in Bartok and asked me who the name of the bear was, I would have told you that it's Kelsey Grammer. But All I don't right. love Anastasia. Well, I do have a redemption question for you, Ryan. Are What's you ready? that? Tell me. What year did either movie come out? If you can guess either oh, movie's fuck. release year, I will give you half a point. Anastasia came out in 1999. <laughs> Is that your final answer? No. If I would have gotten it right, you would have said ding, 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 ding. Um, Anastasia came out in 1997. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Thank you. So Bartok actually came out in 99. Oh, so wow, like, great. Oh, so close. Swing vote. That's what I meant to say. So yeah, I got them both right, actually. So this is before Bartok, but after Anastasia, because this was in 98. Bartok the Magnificent. <laughs> Baba Yaga. That's, oh, my God. That's what I call my little radar. Yeah, 
Yes, Baba Yaga. Radar, come here, Baba Yaga. In Central Park, Hicks has set up another fish trap. And while traveling down the wrecked subway, Animal sets off a huge noise that awakens Godzilla and sends him to the surface. Uh, a huge noise. He dropped like a Coke can. No, like that was a Pepsi noise. can. Yeah, that was nothing. Oh, Pepsi. Sorry. Oh, Pepsi. Excuse me. Yeah, there's no Coke products, products in this movie. It's Pepsi only. Coke and doesn't have Robbins. to pay for their marketing. So uh, he walks slowly towards the fish trap, but senses danger and turns away. The army starts firing, and Godzilla runs to the river. The beast dives into the Hudson, but the Navy has submarines waiting for him. The Anchorage sends out two torpedoes, but Godzilla circles back and crashes into one of the subs causing the torpedoes following him to destroy the sub. One of them classic moves where, like, an animal is too smart, you know? He doesn't crash into the sub. He just swims underneath. He grazes it. They get hit it. with his, yeah. his fins. Is that what happens? I thought the, I thought the missile, like, went under it. No, the fins kind of give him the little, like, little the water's pouring in. It gives him the, oh, the first crash. I thought crash. that was just the missile. But and then like the a, missiles just destroy them completely. There was, like, a loud noise of it, like, scratching the bottom, the hull of it. Yeah. Uh, Godzilla then swims back Delicious. towards land, trying to dig his way into Manhattan, but is hit by two more torpedoes, seemingly killed. There's like maybe 45 minutes left to this movie, so I think it's safe to say that Godzilla's not dead. Oh my god. Yada, 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 yada. They're in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> the elevators have sensors on them, so there's no way they would have closed like this. Me and Babe had a huge discussion about this, and basically... I didn't know it was Madison Square Garden the entire time, so that only furthers my point that there would have been even more maintenance done on this before the 1998 release of Godzilla. Yeah, I think we, we found that this movie is an utter shit show. does not follow any logic base. It ends with a fucking egg still intact. And faulty elevators. And faulty elevators. <laughs> Nick and the team then discover that uh, Godzilla has made his nest inside Madison Square Garden. Uh, they discover that it wasn't 12 eggs, but 200. Way too many of the explosives that they brought. To Fucking A, bruv. And then suddenly, the eggs around them begin to hatch, producing dozens of baby Velociraptors. Godzillas. I mean, baby Godzillas. Literally Velociraptors. Velociraptors. In another part of MSG. <gasps> Iguanaraptors. Iguanaraptors. I like that. In another part of MSG, Audrey and Animal escape into the shower room and then proceed up into the air vent. Uh, while shutting all the doors and locked them in the arena, two of Roche's four-man team were killed by the mini-zillas. Nick tries to call the military to send a bomber, but all his circuits are busy. Roche tells them to get out and find help with his team. Uh, oh, try again. Nick tries to call the military to send a bomber, but all the circuits are busy. Roche tells him to get out and find help while his team holds them off. Nick can't Me! get out. Two members of Roche's team are killed. Roche and Woo! Nick. Is that you or is that the sound effect machine? <laughs> sound effect machine. Roche and Nick are trying to find My name is Jeff. Roche. <laughs> I don't even know what that one said. My name is Jeff. Roche and Nick are trying to think of a way to contact the military when Audrey and Animal fall out of the vent above them. Shalissa. Uh, the Zilla babies break the door down just as Audrey comes up with an idea to get the message out. They manage to get to the broadcast booth and through a live news broadcast, tell the public the truth about the nest. The military and tells them via email that they have less than six minutes to get out. They make it to the lobby with 30 seconds to go, but the lobby is jam-packed with the Gojira babies. Roche shoots down the chandeliers, opening a path for them to escape right before the F-18s destroy the building, and all the infantzillas are dead. 
That's what they're called, infantzillas. Yeah, infantzillas. I hate yeah. that. Well, his earpiece just died, <laughs> so oh. mine's i'll just keep going so he's just gonna keep going he can't hear me though i can hear you i can hear you but he can't <laughs> hear me so while staring at this the isn't gonna work msg medicine square he's just gonna keep audrey talking. and nick share a kiss and before i'm they just can talking anything over else. him godzilla rises from the oh, ruins he's, he's not dead <laughs> what a twist justin you he need to be one of the dead babies and then glares <laughs> at nick and the others they immediately run to a taxi and drive away with godzilla chasing after them which is very Jurassic Park of them. He's doing this despite me. And after just a furious chase it. around Midtown, Nick sees O'Neill and throws the cab ID to him, which O'Neill then uses the cab ID to radio Nick. You're being Meanwhile, Nick and the cabs. others get stuck in a tunnel with Godzilla trying to dig them out. O'Neill contacts them, and Nick comes up with a plan to trap Godzilla in the suspension cables of the Brooklyn Bridge. They get Godzilla onto the bridge as it scoops up the entire taxi in its mouth. Nick sticks one of the electric cables into his gums, and his jaws open wide as they shoot out of his mouth. The beast tries to follow, but is ensnared in the cables. Hick orders the F-18s that... I'm checkmate. He can't hear me, so it doesn't matter what's happening. ...fire on the beast. They hit him with several missiles, and Godzilla falls dead, landing right on Nick's cab. You've won this round, Justin. Just While know. the city celebrates, Cayman Next offers time, a job to Audrey because then Anna would get the exclusive, but she quits. <laughs> oh, she quits. Blah, 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 blah. Animal realizes that the tape that he had brought to film the entire event is gone. They realize Roche is gone, but Roche calls Nick from a phone booth telling him goodbye and that he will send the tape after he makes a few adjustments to it. The camera zooms out to uh, Madison Square Garden. Uh, basketballs and towels are burning and there's fire everywhere. One egg is still left untouched in the rubble as it breaks open. One last baby Zilla roaring at the camera. I thought it was an infant Zilla. He thought it was an infant Zilla. But you know what? That, that whole tape, that could be... That could be the tape. Oh, okay. Who? Over, guys. Uh, this movie features more Simpson voice actors than any other project besides The Simpson itself. The elevator music in the scene with Matthew Broderick is Donkey Schoen, which Broderick lip syncs in a memorable scene from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's funny. That's cute. I've never seen Ferris Bueller. Was so... it was it the same faulty elevator that they were on earlier? Yeah, the one that sparked the big controversy. Yeah, that one. Delicious. According to Dean Devlin and Roland Emmerich, which are the two directors, uh, they did not want their Godzilla to have atomic breath, but last second, after fans were infuriated to hear that Godzilla would not have his trademark ability, they added in the power breath, an intensely powerful blast of pressurized air that sometimes ignites inflammable elements. Boo. Boo, right? It looks... So I'm really happy that with the remake that they decided to like go down that route, that route because when I saw that, I was like, yes. Yeah, that breath yes, was please. no joke, especially in King of Monsters, the newest one with Ghidorah. Ooh. That bitch goes like fucking, it's like an anime fight, like straight up just monster anime fight. <laughs> so Toho Studios, the uh, original Godzilla people, they gave the American creators a 75-page dossier of what they can and cannot do with Godzilla's character. This includes Godzilla cannot eat people, only fish. He has to have three rows of dorsal plates, no more or less than three toes on his feet and four fingers on his hands, uh, which they pretty much adhere to. And then he cannot be made to look silly and he cannot die in the movie. But he did die. So obviously some of these points were disregarded because he definitely died. 
And I he didn't he die silly, because but... there was a whole series that was based at the very end of this movie, so he did not die. Well, that follows the uh, the egg at the end of the movie. So that little egg grows up to be the next Godzilla. Is that what it says? Yeah, that's yeah, that's what happens in the series. That's wild. I He's thought like it was just, I thought it was just like the end, and then they were like, "All right, let's Godzilla's now helping the people." And spoiler: at the end of the animated series, they bring the original Godzilla back to life, oh, making wow. Mecha Godzilla. Oh, that's how that happens. So, uh, Fruit of the Loom lost their license to sell any Godzilla-related apparel when they leaked images of Godzilla on the internet mm. in November of 97. <laughs> what Fruit of the Loom didn't know was that the images that were given were unique fakes released by the studio as a part of an effort to see which companies they could trust. Wow. Uh, yeah. wow shade. That's fucked up. I know, Fruit of the Loom. I know. I know. Uh, Mayor Ebert and his assistant Gene are a parody of the TV film critic duo Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel. Uh, this was in response to their ne- 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 la- la- la. this was in response to their negative reviews of Emmerich and Devlin's earlier films Stargate and Independence Day. The film also co-opted their trademark thumbs up or thumbs down method of rating films, depicting Mayor Ebert's campaign as thumbs up for New York. And Gene giving Eber a thumbs down at the end of the film. Oh, that's that's why that was funny. When the real Siskel and Ebert reviewed the film on the show, they gave it two thumbs down. And Siskel said the filmmaker spoofing them was petty and said, if you're going to go through the trouble of putting us in a monster movie, why don't you at least take advantage of having the monster either eat or squash us? Yeah, that's true. The duo would later name the film as one of their worst films of 1998. Come on, drama. I agree with that. Uh, halfway through a screening, uh, Ken Pachido Satsuma, who played Godzilla from 85 to 95, walked out saying, it's not Godzilla. It doesn't have the spirit. True. I agree with that. <laughs> That's so sad. That's true. Uh, That's a true statement. To leave on a happy note, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker was turned down for the role of Audrey Timmons. And she would later marry Matthew Broderick, who are still together since 97 and have three kids. That is the, they own the house in Hitch that we talked about two episodes ago. Oh, yeah. Sarah Jessica Parker. Yep. Oh, wait, they're married? Yeah, Sarah Jessica and Ferris Bueller. Congrats. I know, right? Good job, guys. They're still together. She would have been a better. kids? She would have been better in that role. Oh, my God, yeah. Wow. She's basically like. She is that I don't know. She She has that look. She has that. Pizzazz. Yeah, she's, she's got totally that, good new, that New York personality. And, oh, but she's she more lovable than, uh, than whoever played Audrey in this. Maria something. Dillo, something like that. So now my friend. Zaka Dillo. Money Mumble. Money Mumble. Money Mumble. How much do you guys think this movie cost? $70 million. $70 million. Um, What do you say, Dave? Price is right and lock them in. Locked in, seventy million. I'm done playing this. Always have an answer already ready to go. I just really like to think about it. I'm trying to think of like the actors and We're at one hour fifty one minutes. Okay, well let's push it. Let me wait until it's two hours so that way, you know, <laughs> can milk it for all it's got. Love it. I love this. I'm gonna say ninety five. Oh babe win this one. He's a little closer. It's a hundred and twenty five million dollars. Uh, I was going to say 100, but I thought it was too much. And I thought 95 was pushing it. I thought it would have been less. But yeah. That makes it the most expensive movie on our podcast. That is horrible. That was the most expensive movie. 
Wow, yeah, that was the most expensive product that we Dude, got. Dem- you know what? Demerits, oh demerits, demerits, demerits. Uh, demerits. I just give you one little, little, little bit of information. It costs one hundred and twenty-five million, right? The film's first teaser trailer uh, began appearing in theaters a full year, a full, a full year before the film was released. The trailer contained a shot of Godzilla's foot coming through the roof of a museum and crushing a T-Rex skeleton. This scene was ultimately cut from the final version of the movie, despite the scene costing $600,000 to make. Wow. Yeah, so we see where the money went. They it went to theatrics. Wow. How much do you think <laughs> this movie made? Bro, I, I barely think it broke even. Like, maybe 150, 175 uh, mil. Oh, what's your final answer? 175 mil. He says 175. Says we just barely won our money back. What do you say? Um, I don't know. This movie wasn't very popular, so I'm gonna ass. I'm gonna say 185. 185. Lock in Ryan into that price. You win again. <sighs> the bitch made 379 Fuck. million, making the most money gross on our pod. No. Yes. <laughs> Most money made. Hey, most money. So this made more money uh, worldwide than any other American movie based on a foreign film. It held this record until Godzilla 2014 claimed it 16 years later. Although accounting for inflation, this movie still technically made more. Well, that's fucking so disappointing. <laughs> Are you happy with yourself? No, that's so horrible. All right. So this movie was a freaking doozy. Zero, you guys zero. engaged? Were no. you guys engaged in this movie? Zero. Would you give it a zero or a ten? I would give it an absolute zero. I was I not at any point that I want to watch it. Actually, I I'll give it a two for O'Neill. O'Neill gives it a two. I was gonna I was gonna give it a two because of how angry I was at some of these characters, and I will say that O'Neill is part of that. You know, yeah. So I'll give it a, a solid two. Bay, what are you at? I'll give it a three. All right. Well, that's a two 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 thirds majority. We're gonna go with a two. I'm going to go with the two. I did not want to bump it up to a three. That's too high of a price. I, I, I won't give it a three. I won't give it a, th- I won't give it a fucking a third of the score. No. I was going to give it a four, but then I thought about it, and I was just, I don't know. It, it, there wasn't anything really that would have maybe pushed to four, but I feel like two is a little dramatic. Well, so that's why I went with three. <laughs> great. Well, well, to go with the theme of uh, who I am, I'm going to go ahead and lean towards dramatics. And a hundred percent go with a two. Okay, so we were not engaged. Did, did you think this movie was executed right? Do you think they did what they wanted to do? Um, no. I'm gonna go for. I think they did what they wanted to do. No, 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 no. But I don't three. think. I don't think that that's what execution really sh- means. It's not. Did they do what they want to do? It's did they do what they set out to do? Yeah, because they they set out to make out. They they set out friendly. Godzilla movie. Yes. And they did not do that. In any of the side character that, that tried to inject some human life into it failed miserably. I'm going to give it... Nothing was related. You gave it a three? To watch. I was going to go for a three, yeah. That's uh. true because... Because the... They, but they didn't even do a good Godzilla. Like, the monster wasn't even fun. The monster was doing bare, like the least amount of damage compared to the people. So I feel like the people were the real enemies of this movie. And I mean, if that were a common theme in this movie, the way that it was in the Godzilla remake about stressing about how humans are not 
or how it is in every other Godzilla movie except for this one. Yeah. They could have expanded on that theme, but it was just a, a slight uh, implication for a funny moment of them destroying the Chrysler building. I feel like three is too high, but I don't want to be dramatic and give it a two, so I'll give it a three. Yeah, right? I'll give it a three. Do you concur? I'll give it a three. All right. All right. Please. Three it is. Three. And did we enjoy this movie? No, absolutely not. I'm going to bump it up to a four, Ooh. only for nostalgia factor. I will give it a two, because I want to remove both of your nostalgia factors. <laughs> what do you say? You're the tiebreaker. I, I mean, the... The thing is that um, I enjoy this movie every time I watch it, just because I, I like the the high points of each act. You know what I mean? I feel like every every part of the movie has like its own thing that I'm just like, yeah, this is what I'm here for. But when it really narrows down, I, I psych say five. Yes, no, that's that's psych. So you said five, I said four, Ryan says a two. I think that's a three or a four. I say five because I I do enjoy it. I think it's it's a dumb movie, but it's still fun to watch. Okay, well, I think I'd it's a four. To a four than a three. I think it's a four. Yeah, whatever. Fuck it. All right, we bumped him up. Our what? nostalgia makes up for your your. Uh, but what's that final pain. score? If it's under a five, she's a shit show. It's a four, a three, and a two. So the average score is gonna be a three on that one. A solid three. Solid three. This is a poo poo movie. This we is should, the most poopoo movie we've ever done. This is the worst. This is the worst. Is We're the so liberal. Movie. We are so con- we are so forgiving with these movies. We give Honestly. them every ounce. We gave super what did we give Space Jam? Like a six or something? I think it was a five in the end. And that and you know what? That barely made it. But this is a poo-poo movie. And we need some we need a title for these movies, these shitty movies. It's not one of the greats. It's one of the taints or something. No, gross. One of the t- no. One of the shades. One of the enter- entertainment. Mm, entertainment. I don't want to use a, a bad word, but it's not a good one. <laughs> it's definitely a poopoo movie. It's a poopoo movie. Is that what we're gonna call them? A poopoo movies? Let's not do that. It doesn't have to be whatever. You right want. now, this is, this is a poopoo movie. No, if I want a category that she falls into later. <sighs> no, she needs a name now. We need to name bad movies a thing, and they need to be called. One of the ain'ts. One of the ain'ts. This ain't it, honey. This is one of the ain'ts. Sure ain't it, honey. Sure ain't it. It's not one of the greats. It's one of the ain'ts, bitch. Ain't. Ain't. One of the ain'ts. All right, we're finally done with this shit show of a movie. What uh, what are you feeling right now, Ryan? How do you feel? Over. That's how I feel, cause this is fucking done. No, I feel like, I feel like Matthew Broderick when he's on his way to get some worms. Like, not a care in the world. I'm so over everything else. That's I don't care about nothing else in the world. I just want to get to my worms right now. My worms are the hot pockets in my freezer, burning a hole in my in my life. I'm so hungry. Can't wait to eat them. I'm over this stupid fucking movie with these shitty fucking people in it. Matthew Broderick, you let me down. Uh, the guy in The Simpsons, you did okay. At all the side characters that I cared about, O'Neal, yo, shout out to O'Neal, you did okay. Again, I can I can never give anybody a good praise because you're still part of this horrible experiment, and that's how I feel, Babylicious. That sounds pretty accurate. Babe, how you feeling right now? Babe, how you feeling? Um, I feel like 
I feel like I don't disagree. What you say? I don't disagree with the whole hot pockets thing, but now you know you're gonna go get your hot pockets in the freezer, and it's gonna be like, oh, what, what part of life is gonna Godzilla at you? You know what I mean? Because that's what <laughs> happened to him. Fight on his way to get his worm hot pocket. <laughs> well, that's nasty. No. And... <laughs> I I mean I feel like it, you know we're quarantined. We got nothing else to do. What what another way to what a better way to kill time than to rewatch Godzilla and have a fun time? Okay. It was fun. Where's a positive my, take. Where's like my it. where's oh, my great. boo sound effect? Where's my boo sound effect? Boo. Four twenty blaze at swag yolo. Yes, that's how how I feel. All right, somebody asked me how I freaking feel. Justin, how do you feel, my love? I feel like I feel like a Matthew Broderick. Just trying to get my shit done. Just trying to buy my pregnancy test. Get to the bottom of this mystery. And in comes my ex that I haven't seen in eight years. I'm not going to say sorry. I'm sorry that you feel that way, though. And she has not apologized. And she is only making me feel worse. And yet I have to be the one to invite her for tea. I have to be the one to make this movie good. You're not because she's mad, not holding are up you? Who is she? Of the bargain. Who is she? Are you still mad? She's Audrey Timmons. And she's the worst woman in America. I know I screwed you over, but I'm not sorry. That's exactly <laughs> how I feel. I feel like Godzilla just... Fucked me. Screwed me over and he's not sorry. And did not say sorry. Eight years later, still has not said sorry. And that's how you feel. That's how I feel. Wow. Great. And here we go. Shibuya. Yeah, yeah. Shibuya roll call. Shibuya. Yeah, yeah. Babe, we got to plug. We got to plug what? Um, You can find me at BBY uh, period underscore something like that. Find me on Instagram. Oh, that's what you're doing. Um, you can find me at Aura underscore Adele, Aura Del Grey underscore. There's, yeah. under, there's like three underscores in there. Just the one down. I'll let you figure it out. You can find All me right. on Twitter at, at FireVex11. You can find us on YouTube at Rusty Ninja Studios. You can find us at the website at RustyNinjaStudios.com. All right. And as always. <laughs> that was my best Godzilla scream. <laughs> Mine is better. Wait, hold on. Let me, let me hear this. That was good. No, that oh. was good. I don't know. Um, I think that... Wait, I'm about to do one. Hold on. And that was how we feel. It didn't end. I had to leave the app. That's how long that Godzilla roar was. <laughs> Bye. Like Bye. Roche, he's like, mm, gotta get some coffee. Gotta get some coffee. Bye. Use some coffee. Uh-huh, I could use some coffee. Gross. All right, done. This is how we feel. 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 That was good. Tried to smile during that one.